Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Um, you know, same old. Same old. Well, I feel like we haven't even talked that much because since I had the baby five weeks ago, we recorded my birth story and then we've recorded with two guests. Yeah. You and I haven't really just like caught up. I know. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of it's it's weird because it's gone so fast and so slow at the same time. At least for me, I don't have a newborn. You might feel differently. <laughs> no, honestly, I feel the exact same way. And somebody made that comparison, like, oh now you know what postpartum is feels like, like everybody in this quarantine. And I'm like, oh well I have both. <laughs> but <laughs> Double um, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels the same. Like it's the days just seem really, really similar. I'm like, Ooh, I took a shower today. That, <laughs> that makes this day exciting. It like takes so little. <laughs> I know I put on makeup yesterday, just no, for no reason. So, well, let's just do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Cause it'll still be mul- like notable a few days from now. Oh yeah. Tuesday I put on makeup. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> But like so that's how boring our lives are. No, so crazy, so crazy. But how are you doing? Um, pretty well. Um, this whole quarantine situation, the whole pandemic started out really rough for me. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I've come to a place of acceptance where I'm just kind of, you know, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. But I've also changed a lot in these past five weeks. I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> I guess five weeks. At least, at least six. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, it's been all good things. So, do you want to share anything that's been going on? Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to jump into it right now or not. But well, yeah, I feel like yeah, we just talked more about me because I just had a baby. But <laughs> that's old news now. <laughs> yeah, so old. <laughs> oh man. So before the pandemic started, I had been kind of having a hard time with just my own anxiety, you know, pre-pandemic anxiety. <laughs> um, so I kind of had what what I'm assuming is a panic attack, maybe the week, it was about a week or two weeks before like the whole thing shut down. I was just on a walk and everything just kind of like all of a sudden I was, my heart was going really fast. I was sweating. I was like taking off my coat. It was freezing outside. Oh, wow. I um, I was walking down to the park to meet Jonathan and my son, he, he didn't, didn't have his phone on him and neither did I, it was, they were at the house. So I was freaking out. Just I'm like, am I going to make it home? And I didn't really know at the time what was happening, you know, cause you're just like in that moment and I did make it home and everything like it ended up being okay, but it, it kind of lasted a long time and it was really scary. And then we ended up going home, um, like right before everything shut down because he was on spring break. He's a university professor. So, um, 
you had the week off and on the way home, I had another panic attack in the car to the point where like, I called 911 from the side of I-80. I don't know if I told you that or not, but it was scary. Yeah. I think we talked about that briefly. Yeah. It was like the weirdest, most embarrassing thing because it truly felt in that moment, like something horrible was happening to me. And I just, at that time I couldn't really reason through it. So that kind of set off this whole downward spiral for me, I guess. Like, you know, I went to the doctor and make sure everything was okay and everything, you know, that they checked came back normal. So yeah, I went to the doctor and everything that they did, of course, came back fine, you know, for whatever that <laughs> that's worth, which was honestly a relief. Um, because of course, in my mind, it was something is wrong to be causing this, which there probably was, but nothing that would have come up on what, like the testing that they were doing or whatever. So um, yeah, there, there's like a lot more in there, but it's just mostly me spiraling down these dark holes of anxiety. <laughs> fear and everything. But um, recently, within the past two weeks, I think it's been, I've been seeing a therapist and I've, we talked about this a little bit before I know on here, but it's just so hard to find someone that you click with. And this woman and I click, like we've clicked since day one and she is just amazing. And I feel like with the people I've seen before, it was just kind of letting me talk. I, I didn't really know what was going on with me. Um, like a year and a half ago when I was really sick with mold and really scared and all of that, I didn't know all of that at the time. So I didn't have all that insight and see how it was playing into my, my mental health, like the physical symptoms playing into my mental health. It all just seemed like one big mess to me. So I didn't really know what I needed and they didn't really know how to help me. So it just never really worked out. But I feel like in the past, honestly, it's been like the past three or four months that I've really realized how much that medical stuff that happened to me before is still playing into what I'm experiencing now because I'm very good at like when something is over I just kind of put it in a little box in my brain and I have like this nice neat little dresser full of boxes where I don't really process things fully and um yeah, that can be a problem. So <laughs> um, my therapist now, we're, I mean, we, it's still so new, but I'm starting to see how a lot of the health anxiety type things that I've been experiencing is actually, it's its own thing now, but how it relates back to so much of what's happened in my past. And I'll say my, she gave me this little, I guess a questionnaire where I had to rate from zero to three um, different like anxiety symptoms or whatever. And mine was really, really, really high. And, um, typically you would take medication for that along with traditional, I'm doing cognitive behavioral therapy. And I think that's a great idea. I think the two work really, really well together, but I knew that there were some things that I wasn't doing to take care of myself, just like really baseline things like eating enough food, drinking enough water. I was, having a really hard time digesting things. And, um, I wasn't sleeping well because of all this and clearly my adrenals were shot. So I just like, we decided together that I would just kind of do these, I hate to call them basic, but like more of the foundational things that I knew I wasn't doing because I was spiraling and just having a really hard time with things. Um, and then kind of in, a couple weeks reassess. And if it's still really bad, then maybe we talk more about medication because I don't want to, I don't want to say if you don't, you know, don't take medication. I, I would never, 
that's not a thing. I fully believe in it, but I just knew that I wasn't taking care of myself. So, um, it's only been a couple of weeks since I've started doing that. Like I brought in a lot of digestive support and some adrenal stuff just for myself. It's like tailored to me. And it's, it's already made a huge difference that in combination with, um, the therapy. So I'm really happy with how things are going in that area. Yeah. How long have you been seeing the therapist? I think this will be the third week now. Yeah. Okay. We're going into week three. So I see her twice a week, which because just of how intense everything was for me for a while, um, which is good. It's really good. And it's helping pull me out of what I was uh, like tunnel vision, like the way I was seeing things. And she's kind of just like opening opening up my vision, but slowly it's, it, it just, it makes so much sense the way that we're building on things. And it's nice to have this plan. I like to see how things are going and um, like why we're doing what we're doing. And it's just been really beyond helpful for me. And I, I was going to say that I wish I would have done it sooner, but I don't because I needed to kind of get to that bottom place and just see, okay, well, this is clearly still a problem for me and I need this kind of support. I, I knew exactly what I wanted in a, in a therapist and in, um, in a treatment plan, I guess, loosely. So, yeah, I think that's really like an awesome point because what you're saying about getting to this place where you might not even be helping yourself with the basic things is really easy with mental health. So I've had a lot more experience with like, I've mentioned, I've gone into this deep depression for years And it's really hard to dig your way out because you're seeing everything through this lens that's maybe not really the truth. Yeah. Like, like when you get depressed, it's hard to even want to help yourself because one of the symptoms of depression is like feeling hopeless. And, um, you know, so it's easy to just let yourself sink further rather than let's take these steps to get out. But I think the idea of bringing yourself back to this level of baseline health, it's, you need to do that anyway, like whether you're taking the medication or not, but if you're not able to start taking the steps, I think that's where the medication becomes critical. Um, Cause I've definitely, I've been medicated and I've also gone down that path where like, oh, I'm starting to see signs that maybe I'm not in the healthiest place mentally and I've been able to get myself out of it. But like, it's just so hard. And if you're, yeah, it's, it really is. And we kind of talked about my therapist and I kind of talked about this last night. She's like, well, do you realize when you start to spiral? Because I would spend days on my couch, on my phone or my computer, just trying to connect these dots of symptoms that were like not connectable. But when I'm doing this, it makes so much sense to me. It seems so logical and so, so reasonable. Um, but then when I start to snap out of it, it's like, oh my gosh, how much time did I just waste? What was the point of all of that? You know, just, and it, it, it's hard. It's so hard to recognize that. It, for me, it has been. Um, yeah. And I think that's where having those tools, like the questionnaire, like you're seeing, oh, I'm marking a three in a lot of these categories. I didn't even connect them. Uh, and it's like, yeah, this is deep where, yeah, if you're in this place where you're not even checking in with yourself, it's hard to see it. And yeah, I think on the flip side, like 
with depression, a lot of the feelings seem really reasonable. It's like you have these feelings and then you attach them to something like, um, a lot of times now it'll go to my marriage, uh, even like postpartum depression. It was like, looking back, it was a lot going on and very hormonal, but it was easy to attach it to something my partner was doing or something he said that triggered me. And it, it's, in, in the same way, it seems reasonable to be really sad. Yeah. Um, which, not that you can't be sad, but yeah, if you're in this place where you're crying all the time and not not able to get up off the couch or um, I guess spiraling is the same yeah. word. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not the healthy kind of feel your feelings. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good end. point. It's very, very different. Very different. Yeah. And so with the therapy, I've, I've mentioned that I started seeing a therapist maybe six weeks or so before she was born. So, and I really like who I've been seeing too. She, I've only maybe had one other therapist that I really connected with like this. And it's, it's really tough because they don't let you talk to them or even like give much of a bio before before you go to that first appointment and it's like such a hurdle to cross like doing all the paperwork finding out if they're covered by your insurance like setting up that first appointment and uh it's a pretty big letdown when it's just like oh I don't click with this person (laughs) and so I tried doing that maybe a year year and a half ago and it took me that long to be like okay I'm gonna try it again to see a different person (laughs) so yeah, I, I think it's a great, great thing if you can find somebody, if somebody you know recommends somebody or um, I, I really did look around for the person I found. I actually initially had the appointment with someone else and read a little bit about her and it seemed like she was a little too like diagnostic with her therapy. Like I need to diagnose you with this disease and cure you of it. And it's not really my style. I'm kind of more of a like, let's look at the spectrum. Let's look at the whole health. And uh, some some therapists don't believe in things still like digestion can be related to mood. So um, if you find somebody who can really work with you on your whole body, like integrated, I think that's a great, great person to find. So my therapist's mom is a functional, uh, she's like a holistic doctor functional uh, she's a naturopath like why am I missing that word but so she's like go for it try it out you know whatever you need to do so that's kind of cool so she kind of knows what I'm talking about what I'm talking about what I do <laughs> so I feel lucky about that too yeah that's awesome yeah super cool yeah so I think I think what we wanted to maybe talk about is just kind of these like check-ins on your mental health um, we're all going through something crazy. Like <laughs> I, we already said, we don't want to talk about COVID the whole time, but it is out there. And then say like, you know, with me being postpartum, this was part of the reason I set up seeing the therapist because I was worried that the same thing that I went through with my son, I'd be going through with this uh, postpartum experience. So some of those, like she does check in with me every time we talk and it's okay. 
on a scale from one to 10, how much depression do you feel on a scale from one to 10? How much anxiety do you feel? And that's not that detailed, but she knows I kind of know like, okay, depression, like signals for that would be not wanting to get up. We're not wanting to move, not wanting to get outside, crying spells. Um, some of these things that I know to look for mm-hmm. and the anxiety, the thing I was most worried about was kind of some of the breastfeeding stuff and just any concerns about the baby that can come up pretty easily postpartum. Um, but I've been feeling good, (laughs) but it is something that I'm very conscious of that it's a vulnerable time. And like some of the symptoms are of depression are symptoms of being quarantined in COVID, (laughs) like not leaving your house, not seeing friends, like, (laughs) Uh, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I know everyone is kind of feeling it in some way, shape or form, and it looks different for everybody. It manifested in me in very weird ways at first until I was able to kind of sort through that. Um, but it's, I mean, it's heavy. It really is heavy. So, yeah, I think those are some of the things I check in with is, Willingness to be social, willingness to move, get outside, go places, um, sleep, sleep quality yeah, is a big one that funnily enough can cause mental illness or be a symptom of it. <laughs> um, not cause mental illness, but, you know, contribute to right. all of the symptoms, but um So, yeah, I think just a lot of people are going through that with being at home, not necessarily needing to shower or put on makeup or uh, being home with kids all day that might be, (laughs) I mean, they might not be getting to move enough and they might be waking you up more and um, all their routines messed up. So I think that's just a, a good thing to check in. And then some of the the things as nutritional therapy practitioners we go further into is like, okay, what type of thing are you feeling and how might we be able to support it foundationally? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do, if you are at that point where you are not exactly sure what to make of what's going on, that's where I think a therapist having that window into somebody else asking you these questions and getting to the bottom bottom of what's really going on. And actually any practitioner, it can be really helpful to just have them go through like an acupuncturist will ask you about your bowel movements and your sleep and your mood and, and connect some of these dots in a way that you might not connect or might not be seeing. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think that's something that can be really helpful, but um yeah, some of what we see with mental health issues really can start with digestion and the gut. And that's where all of your neurotransmitters are made. So people obviously talk about things like serotonin a lot, and that's something you've probably heard of. But um, the neurotransmitters are made in your gut from amino acids and the amino acids come from proteins. So when you're consuming proteins in your diet, it starts in your stomach where you need enough stomach acid to break them down into these smaller chains of amino acids 
to be able to be used by the body. So if you don't have enough stomach acid or if you're not eating proteins, uh, you're not going to get these building blocks to their neurotransmitters in your brain. So that's where, yeah, consuming high quality protein, ideally from animal sources, is going to have the full spectrum of amino acids where protein from plant sources don't have all of the essential amino acids that you need. So, and then stomach acid, something to, to think about with that is, does it feel like you have food sitting in your stomach hours after you eat? Or does it feel like it, it moves past your stomach? And another thing to look out for is heartburn. A lot of people think heartburn is a symptom of too much stomach acid, but usually it's not. It's, it's actually, there's not enough stomach acid to break down the food in your stomach. So it's sitting in the stomach too long and it actually refluxes up your esophagus. So it's more acid than your esophagus could have, should have in it. So that's why you get that burning feeling. The stomach acid is supposed to stay in your stomach. It's not supposed to be in your esophagus. But if your stomach isn't breaking down that food, it can move up and burn you. So there's too much stomach acid for the esophagus, but it's actually a symptom of too low stomach acid in the stomach. So that's where things like antacids, like you think it's temporarily it's temporarily making you feel better, but it's actually making the problem worse in the long term. Um, so that's something to look out for too. When I think I've talked about this, when I went into my really bad depression that lasted years and years, it it started with stomach problems, and they put me on medications that shut down stomach acid, and then the mental health just got much, much worse. And I, I had no idea, like nobody told me that this was in any way connected. My psychiatrists in no way asked about my stomach problems and, you know, vice versa. So it's just, it's, it really, a lot of things clicked in studying in this nutrition program about stomach acid. So that's just, that's just something to think about when you're thinking about digestion. Um, yeah, that's made a huge difference for me personally. Just in the past couple of weeks, I've just been kind of taking an HCL supplement just to help me. And oh my gosh, it's made such a big difference already. Yeah, HCL is hydrochloric acid, yeah. um, which is stomach acid. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think just the stress response that I was under, just it obviously shuts down that part of your body. For me, when I'm stressed out, I don't eat. So like it suppresses my appetite. It just, my stomach acid isn't getting, I'm not in that rest and digest state because I have all this cortisol pumping through my body. I'm very sympathetic, which is the fight or flight state. And that, um, that really messes with your digestion. So it's necessary for me at least to bring in a little bit of support (laughs) until I kind of can get myself calm. And that's the thing too, is that this stuff isn't forever. These supplements aren't forever, at least for me, because I'm always, you know, trying to work on the root of the problem and get down to the nitty gritty. So. Yeah. But HCL could be, can be huge in the short term to like, just to get yourself digesting and be able to use the nutrients from your food. 
to kickstart some of the upstream stuff from that. So, yeah, I've noticed that myself. I mean, just in the past two weeks, there was a day where I was playing with my kiddo and I, I just looked at him and I just felt like this cloud had lifted over my eyes and I was actually seeing him for the first time. And it was really, really, really special. So we'll see where we get with all this. (laughs) Yeah. Did you want to touch on gut health? I think that was really, really good. Um, like, like you said, you need to be producing the stomach acid. That was the biggest thing that I was thinking of to be able to break everything down, especially the proteins, um, for the amino acids. But, and like I mentioned, digestion is a, it's a top down approach. It starts in your brain and it's getting into that, what's called the parasympathetic or the rest and digest state. So you want to be as calm as you can be, just kind of really mindful of what you're eating, taking your time with your food, chewing thoroughly, which is another thing that I realized I am a fast eater. So I'm like gulping down a ton of air, which that can cause, um, it it can not only mess with the production of your stomach acid, but if you're really bloated after you eat, that might be something you want to look at with um, how how thoroughly you're chewing your food and how quickly you're eating. So you're not getting all that air pushed down. through that whole system. Um, yeah, the stomach acid, gosh, I feel like I'm missing something, but. Well, I was just thinking that the environment of your gut in general, Uh, I think just where, where the neurotransmitters are actually produced and sent to the brain, just making sure like, and so we're talking the gut, meaning, uh, the large intestine where, they're talking a lot about probiotics and where, where things are getting absorbed. Um, that's where just having a healthy, a healthy gut is really important in actually making, making sure the proteins can get used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so even if they're digested, but you're not able to absorb them, uh, there yeah. can be, there can be issues. And so I think things to look like look at for gut health are probably a lot in your stool. Mm-hmm. Um, how often you're going? What does it look like? <laughs> like yeah. the um, the ripe banana is kind of the standard for the ideal <laughs> the <laughs> ideal stool, and probably going at least once a day um, and having a, a stool of that consistency is a sign that things are healthy. It doesn't. Mm-hmm it's not the be all end all, but, um, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good sign of what's going on. For sure. Like, are you seeing undigested food? How much are you seeing? Like if you are constipated or if you're, you know, even just kind of, I'm going to say this out loud, like the rabbit turd type poop, right? (laughs) (laughs) You might need to be drinking more water or eating more fiber, um, or maybe both. So Yeah. You can tell a lot by your stool and I know people don't like to talk about it, but it's so important to pay attention to that. Um, Yeah. So that might be something where a probiotic could be really helpful for your mental health where a lot of things, those, those, or a lot of times those things aren't talked about together, but yeah. um, Yeah. And something I wanted to touch on just with the proteins is so I don't know a ton about anxiety medication, so I'm just going to go to the antidepressants because um, I'm very familiar with those. So like an SSRI is a serotonin uptake inhibitor, 
So it's going to block the receptors of serotonin. And this is just an example. So there could be other uh, neurotransmitters other than serotonin. But for example, it's it blocking the receptors of serotonin. So you have this serotonin and instead of getting reabsorbed, it's going to stay in your brain. Um, but with the amino acids, so taking more, so tryptophan turns into serotonin in the gut. Taking more tryptophan produces more serotonin. So it's not this thing like blocking the receptor. That's not really necessary. It's actually um, mimicking having more serotonin because it doesn't get reabsorbed, but it's not the thing that's actually making you feel better. The, the fact that there's more serotonin in the brain is what makes you feel happier or, um, you know, see the depression lesson. But the thing is they can't patent something like tryptophan because it's available in food. So that's, that's what they talk about with Turkey, like making you sleepy, but that's tryptophan turning into serotonin. And so, so you can, can get a decent amount from eating meats of these amino acids, but you could also supplement with a concentrated amount of just a single amino acid. So that's something where it might be more than just addressing your gut health, but less than taking an antidepressant in terms of, okay, for the short term, I want to take, you know, X amount of tryptophan every day to produce more serotonin in the short term. And then long-term I'm going to eat a nutrient dense diet and have better digestion. And so it's just another possibility to supplement this with nutrients rather than a medication, which kind of takes longer to ramp up and ramp back off of a medication. Uh, and again, not that a medication is a bad thing. We are not telling you not to take one or to get off of one at all, but it's just another option. And that's actually what I found the most relief with personally. I, I've been on a lot of, and this is all a long time ago, but I've been on a lot of different medications that never really got me to a place of mental health. And it was once I got to this place of like really looking at the whole body adding in some of these concentrated supplements that really helped kind of get me out of where, where I was at. So, and then serotonin turns to melatonin, which is what makes you sleepy at night. So getting like the circadian rhythms when, you know, in a place where there's not artificial light, when the light goes down at night, when the sun sets, your body turns that serotonin into melatonin, helps you sleep, and then gives you this cortisol boost in the morning to kind of get you going, which is the normal kind of day rhythm. Um, and so tryptophan could help with that too. So if you're supplementing with mel melatonin at night, it could be something where you take one step back and let your body turn it into the serotonin and then to the melatonin rather than just supplementing with the melatonin. Um, so that's just something to think about. So symptoms of low serotonin are kind of this like sadness and lethargy. Um, and then there's a couple other neurotransmitters. So GABA is one that's 
that's associated with anxiety a lot. So GABA is both an amino acid and a neurotransmitter. Um, so GABA you could take as a supplement and it'll kind of calm you down. And then there's tyrosine, which is related to norepinephrine and dopamine. So uh, this might be where you kind of have trouble concentrating. And so it looks a little bit different, different than a low serotonin. It's not like you can't get out of bed. It's kind of just like you, you don't necessarily want to do anything. You might be watching TV all day or so it just looks a little bit different. Um, so that was a really high level overview, but if this sounded like something you thought you would be interested in, I'd say, talk to a nutritional therapy practitioner or somebody in that space. I actually got mine from when I was taking these supplements from a chiropractor that kind of did supplements. So he was really involved in that space, like checking out how your body's responding to every, everything and what you might need. So that's kind of how I got exposed to that. And I don't need them anymore. Um, but it was something that when I was in a, a, a state where I needed some support, those things can kick in pretty quick and help you. Yeah. Um, when you were going through all of that, did you work in tandem with your doctor or did you just kind of decide I'm going to try this because this isn't working for me? So like when I came off of my medication, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, cause I've been on so like, it was like, like I said, it was eight years where I've yeah. been on a lot of different medications and had a lot of different doctors. But I think once I finally got off of them, when I was, uh, this was like when I was 23, I was like, I'm taking this in my own hands. And I think it was kind of like the screw the doctors mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it was, um, no, I would have been I would have been older than 23, but it was, it was like, I was kind of fed up where I just felt like I was getting shoved from person to person and nobody was helping me. And, um, that's just where I was at at the time. But Mm -hmm. so, um, if you have a doctor that will work with you, I would say take that path. Right. (laughs) Um, and a lot will, but and times are different now too. I think like 15 years ago, there's less awareness of some of this, like the gut health stuff is the science has been, you know, coming out very recently. Like nobody was talking about probiotics 10 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of a lot with the protein portion, which I think that's, that's where like a medication would be hitting is on those same things. But I guess there's also like, um, hormonal depression, or, you know, if you have something around your cycle where things get really low, I used to get a lot more of that too, where like five days before my period start would start, it would get really, really low. And then I would be like, it would take a couple of days and I'd look at the calendar and be like, Oh, that's, that's what that was. <laughs> but some of that just hormonal regulation, that's actually fats. Um, like cholesterol specifically turns into the sex hormones that would regulate your cycle. So, um, so just making sure again, that you can digest the fats mm-hmm. and that you're getting good quality cholesterol from pasture-raised animals and eggs and fish, just high quality butter, fats. So 
Um, did you have anything else to say about hormones? No, I think that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're just, this is a brief overview. Right. I mean, a ton to say, but (laughs) yeah, obviously. But, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on was thyroid, particularly for postpartum. Like this is something I'll have my six week postpartum checkup, uh, pretty soon. And that's something I'm going to get tested again because it's extremely common postpartum to have low thyroid. So make sure you get a full panel too, if you're going to get tested. So TSH, free T3, free T, free T4. That sounded weird for some reason. Um, and so the free, the free T3 and T4 is what's available for your body to use. I think the low T3 is a lot of times where you might feel those depressive symptoms. So other things with low thyroid you might notice are weight gain, hair loss. Um, what else am I like feeling cold in your hands and feet? So kind of just these low metabolism kind of symptoms. Um, and something my acupuncturist said was like, if you look at the back third of your eyebrow, like the furthest from your nose, if that's really scarce, that can be a symptom of low thyroid. Oh, wow. So I, I think it goes with the hair loss thing, but it might be harder to notice much head hair loss. So, um, so that's something I've had in the past too, like low T3, but it, it's never been clinically low where they would give me hormone replacement. So it's kind of just like lower than optimal and you might want to boost it with, they recommend, um, like sprint type workouts. Mm. So where you might like go at capacity for 45 seconds and rest for 30 or whatever kind of intervals, like just to do that kind of, which is really cool because you can be kind of done with your cardio in like five minutes. I'd love to do that when I was running. Right. (laughs) You're like, oh, that was quick. Uh, So that's specifically really good for thyroid, but just movement in general. And um, also the minerals uh, for the thyroid are selenium which you can get from Brazil nuts. I know we've talked about that. I keep mine in the freezer now that you gave me that tip. So, um, although I don't remember to take them every day now that they're not like, no, I've been bad at that too. It's not a perfect system. (laughs) Right. It's yeah. It's almost like I need them inside the freezer and a note on my counter that says take your Brazil nuts. So, so what, what what we're rambling about, uh, selenium is really good for the thyroid. Uh, Um, the best easiest way to get that is three Brazil nuts every day. But I mentioned I kept mine on the counter and I would buy a bag and they would go bad because there's such a high fat content in Brazil nuts and they would like rancidify. And then I'm like, I don't think these taste good. And then I'd get a new bag and I'm like, oh my God, that old bag was so terrible. Because <laughs> like, it's like they're slowly getting bad over time. So um so yeah, you can keep them in the freezer and actually just chew them frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is iodine, which we went to like everybody was using iodized salt and now we are all on sea salt because it's healthier, but we're not getting this iodine anymore. It's really not in very much. Um, Some people use those like kelp flakes instead of salt. Like it's like seaweed, but yeah, seaweed, kelp, um, not things that people are 
necessarily eating right. a ton of. Yeah. I uh, love but it's though. Do you? <laughs> what, yeah. Oh, because you eat, you eat just the seaweed paper too, right? We do have that. Yeah. My son loves it. Yeah, but yeah. Connor, so they have like the seaweed salad from Vital Choice, mm-hmm. but it's really expensive. It's like, I want to say it's like $15 for a little tub of it, oh. but Connor goes crazy over it. And it's like, I kind of consider it a supplement that we do twice a month, right. <laughs> like, right. like yeah. share a tub of that. But um, yeah, I probably should try the seaweed paper. I don't love it, but yeah. Um, and then kelp I've done too, where, um, again, Vital Choice, Vital Choice is a seafood company. So they have these seaweed products. They have kelp cubes where they're kind of like frozen ice cubes and you can just throw it in a hot drink. But, um, so those are kind of the ways to, you can get iodine in if you think that will just support your thyroid and help produce more thyroid hormone. And, yeah. um, so that was kind of, we kind of went from like a check-in to all this information, I but, um, I, yeah, I think just in terms of like checking in with everybody during this crazy time, I think just like, like know what your signs are. Mm-hmm. Um, cause for some people, like I haven't showered in five days is totally fine. And for some people it's like, oh my God, something's really wrong. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I won't say which camp I'm in. <laughs> I know fully which camp I am in, pandemic or not. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, just, yeah, looking at some of those signs, like trying to get exercise in, um, it's really tough. And again, like, I'm, I'm postpartum, so I'm a little different. Like I have an excuse that's decently valid to recover, but now, now I'm ready to move and it's still cold out. And, um, so I'm just trying to find, like, I, I started this like 20 minute a day yoga thing online, but I mentioned that I'm doing one where the teacher sees that I'm there. So it's like a zoom meeting and rather than like, counting on myself to play a video every day because that doesn't always work that well yeah Um, I feel you yeah so um yeah I don't really I'm not great at keeping up exercise it's always a battle to like all right now I'm gonna start (laughs) no I used to I used to be able to wake up in the morning and just do it and now you know not so much (laughs) Because for so long, my son didn't sleep and it was like, okay, well, I'm prioritizing sleep. And now it's like, am I, do I need that extra hour just laying in my bed? No. Do I need 14 hours a day? Right. No, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Just remember to be kind to yourselves during this time. And yeah. Just like, I guess that's true too. Just like, no, is it okay? Or is it a real mm-hmm. something to be concerned about? And like, yeah make some changes on because totally all, all the grace. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I found also journaling to be incredibly therapeutic for me. Like I'll even just write down what's worrying me and then I'll not try to debunk it because it's valid if it's a fear of mine or a concern of mine or whatever, but just kind of write down maybe the other end of the spectrum if, if I see one or something like that. So that's just been big for me too. So 
I like that. Yeah, for me, if I have a worry, I'm like, but really, what are the odds of that? Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do sit that. down and do the math. Let's make a graph. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, let's feel and journal. <laughs> totally, totally. I love Both it. They're valid. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I like your graphs. <laughs> <laughs> my color coordinated, my color coordinated spreadsheets. Um. Oh my gosh, uh, we'd be lost without you. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Well, Anything else to share? I I don't think so. Do you? No, just eat good food. Take care of yourself. Try to get some sunshine. Oh, vitamin D. Yeah, vitamin D can get be really there. good. Yeah. Uh, salmon, fish eggs, Mm -hmm. supplement it, Mm -hmm. however you need to get it. But it's, if you're in Pennsylvania or Chicago or (laughs) anywhere like that, there's a good chance by this time of year, you're pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one to end on. (laughs) I hope everyone's staying healthy. Yeah. Me too. too. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And sorry for any baby noises that you didn't want to hear. They're perfect. (laughs) Please continue the baby noises. (laughs) All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you like what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.